going on, you crazy freaks? Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great life. We're going to win. Things seem crazy out there. Don't let it get to you. Find some inner strength. Logan, have you found your inner strength? It's right here. <laughs> it's beat in the chest. What did you think of this rip, Logan? It was good. That's it? That's all you got to say? Quite good. Quite good. Good to quite good. We're going to need, I mean, you're the producer of the show. We're going to need you to uh, really sell it better than just good. And excellent would have been preferred, but good to quite good, according to Logan here. Beating his chest over there. <laughs> uh, sat down with Charles from Pharaoh. Again, always a fun discussion. What an incredible human being. Gives me hope that we're going to win. The lard goes a long way, freaks. I've been using it. Go to pharaoh.life, check it out. Free ad. Highly recommend. I got a massive sunburn. Over the weekend, it was in the Caymans, no big deal. Got fried, put the skin food on. Haven't peeled yet, very soothing. Got to read the top four boosts from RIP 412, speaking out for those injured by the jabs with Michael Koss and Dr. Joel Walskog. At Eric99, 50,000 sats. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for your great work. Boosted the last episode. There was an error on the sats going to DJ, so it never showed up. DJ, what the hell? At Bond, 10,101 sats. A palindrome boost. You love our palindrome boost here. Be aware, freaks. Thank you for continuing to have these discussions. It was an absolute nightmare up here in Canada. Still, to this day, no apologies, no discussions, investigations, nothing. Everyone's acting like nothing happened. Well, never forget. I certainly won't. I'm changed forever. And my view of Canada and its people has as well. Thank you for the boost, Bond, and I agree. These types of conversations do ruffle some feathers. There's a bit of cognitive dissonance out there. People don't like to be confronted with the fact that they may have been duped by people they believe they can trust, mainly the government and institutions like pharmaceutical industry, pharmaceutical companies, healthcare providers. But we will never forget, and we're not going to let these people get away with it. At Viking USA, 1,984 sats, Brotherhood. Thank you, brother. And at Neil, Neliocentric, 250 sats. Important topic. Thanks for covering. Well, you're welcome, Neil. And thank you for the boost. For any of you freaks participating in the value for value model, whether you're streaming us sats as you listen or boosting, like those four individuals just did, thank you. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you don't have any sats to stream or boost and you want to provide value to our show, go like, go like us, go subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Helps the show get out there more. Where, wherever you listen, whether it be podcast app, YouTube. We're on Rumble. I got a Rumble comment this morning, Logan. There was a, a freak on Rumble yelling at me for not pumping the Rumble channel because I complain about YouTube so much. I don't think you'll find this one on YouTube either, by the way, freaks. So if you want to watch it, you can go to uh, Rumble. Excuse me, not YouTube. What do you think, Logan? Is that YouTube kosher? Probably not. Okay. Go to Rumble. Search TFTC on Rumble. Go follow us there, too. This trip was brought to you by our good friends at River. River doing incredible things. They're a Bitcoin company built by Bitcoiners, for Bitcoiners, 
We have all this shit going on in the world, whether it be FTX, BlockFi, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank. Everybody's going bust. You need a safe place to access Bitcoin and Bitcoin services. And River is the Bitcoin company for you. They built their own infrastructure, their wild infrastructure, their exchange infrastructure, their lightning infrastructure, their cold storage infrastructure. They don't leverage third parties like Prime Trust. They've done it the right way. They've employed a low time preference approach to their business and it is paying off. It's going to pay off for you. So you can buy Bitcoin on River if you set up a DCA dollar cost average where you buy on a set cadence. You will not pay fees on those buys. Uh, you can mine with River if you want to purchase an ASIC and have it plugged in uh, with a hosting agreement in a timely fashion. You can do that on River. Go to river.com slash mining to check that out. That they're, Again, you can send and receive over Lightning with River. They have River Lightning Services, which is an API that individuals can build on if you want to build Lightning Network apps. River, Bitcoin company. If you're buying Bitcoin from a shitcoin company, you may want to consider moving to a Bitcoin company that does it the right way. No third parties. If you hold Bitcoin on a river, it is in a multi-sig wallet, 100% reserves. They encourage you to move it off, but if you do keep it on there, it's in multi-sig. There's 100% reserves. I'm not rehypothecating. Go to river.com slash TFTC. Set up an account today. This room is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained. Right down the hall here. Big week for Unchained. Very proud of them. Been a partner with them. Since this podcast started, since the newsletter started, and it's just incredibly rewarding for me personally, as somebody who's been close to that team, as a customer, as a user, to see them and their approach and their success validated. Had a big rebrand recently. They are another Bitcoin company that has done it the right way. Their stack revolves around multi-sig. Their products revolve around multi-sig. That is their Vault, which is a multi-sig cold storage solution where you hold two keys unchain holds one they have their trading desk where you buy bitcoin if you want to buy a lot of bitcoin their trading desk can help you buy a lot of bitcoin uh, and then once you buy it that goes straight to your two or three multi-sig uh, no need to get out any wallets you buy you don't have to set an address since you have a vault set up it goes straight to your vault they have their lending desk if you want to use bitcoin as collateral to get loans you can do that as well. They have their IRA. If you want to transition your Bitcoin into an IRA, or excuse me, transition your IRA into Bitcoin and hold, keep the IRA structure, you can do that. You can hold your own keys using Unchained services as well. So go to unchained.com slash concierge if you want to learn any about learn about any of these products, whether it be concierge, excuse me, the vault, the trading desk, uh, the lending desk, the IRA services. Go hit them up. Tell them that TFTC sent you. And after this week, I think it's pretty clear that they're only going to be adding a lot of, of incredible services moving forward. Again, unchained.com slash concierge. Tell them that TFTC sent you another Bitcoin company building for Bitcoiners. This rip was also brought to you by CrowdHealth. Charles and I discussed CrowdHealth in this episode at length. It is an incredible healthcare model, healthcare payment model. It's not health insurance. As we discussed, health, health insurance is notoriously opaque, impersonal, expensive. CrowdHealth is here to change that. It's not health insurance. It's crowdfunded healthcare. You set up an account. You pay a monthly fee that builds up in a dedicated bank account. If you ever have a health event, you go to the doctor. You get your bill. You give it to CrowdHealth. They negotiate the price lower. And then you pay the first $500 of that bill, and then it gets crowdfunded by the rest of the community. Me and my family are on CrowdHealth. We're happy to be on CrowdHealth. If you're a healthy individual, 
It wants lower health care costs, especially in, it seems like we may be entering a recession here. If you've been recently laid off, you're looking at Cobra paying upwards of a thousand dollars a month. Crowd health is significantly cheaper um, and a better way to take care of your health care. In my opinion, me and my family are on crowd health and we're very happy. Let's go to joincrowdhealth.com slash TFTC. Set up an account today. I think you're going to get a deal on that $99 a month for the first six months. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by Bitcoin Talico, another company built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. If you're looking to get into the space, you're in the tech sector, maybe you got laid off recently. You just talked about layoffs. Maybe you're one of those Bitcoiners who was working at a tech firm. You were fiat mining, you were making a lot of money, and you were, you were happy doing that. You, know, you have your passion for Bitcoin, but the fiat mining job was easy. It was steady. You were stacking fiat and then turning that into sats. Uh, but it's not there anymore. And now you're like, hey, maybe it's time for me to go pursue my passion in Bitcoin. I need to get into one of these incredible companies like River, Unchained, Fold, whatever it may be. I do not know if all of these companies have a relationship. Whatever, Bitcoin Talent Co. is building the relationship. The point of the story is go to Bitcoin Talent Co., BitcoinTalent.co, get set up. They will help you get into the industry. They're Bitcoiners who understand what these Bitcoin companies need and the skills needed to provide those Bitcoiner or those companies with the necessary talent they need to build out their companies. And so they're they're the team for you, the advocate for you. Likewise, if you're a company looking for the best talent in the world to help you build out your little corner of the future Bitcoin standard, go to BitcoinTalent.co. Tell them the TFTC sent you. We're going to win, freaks. I'm feeling very optimistic on this Thursday. We got RHR coming up in a couple hours. Vibes are high. We got bit devs here in Austin tonight. Logan's pumping his chest over there. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. No, I'm not. You, you, your voice just changed. I think you just you just fucked something up. I, I'm fine. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine, freaks. Enjoy this rubber, Charles. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Logan's always ready, man. He is. You got a joke for us, Logan? Nope. Okay. Not ready for a joke. Charles, welcome back. Marty, it is great to see you, friend. It's great to see you. I, I mean, I walked into Royal Blue this morning looking for Alka-Seltzer, and I'm turning around after a, a, an unfruitful trip, and I just hear Marty. I'm like, what? Turn around. See your beautiful stash. I, it's uh, it's come in now that uh, since the last time I saw you, my uh, my daughter's been begging me to grow this thing back for a couple years now. Really? So, yes. Usually it's the opposite. You know, she um, I grew it in 2019, uh, sort of as a gag, and then I uh, had to shave it. I was getting my picture took for a place I didn't want to have a mustache on. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's been begging, and, and so I grew it back. And uh, now it's got white hair in it, Daddy. 
I don't like it as much because it's, can you pluck all the white hairs out of it? I'm like, no, baby, I'm not going to do that. This is my wisdom showing, baby. That's right. That's right. But uh, no, you look great, man. Thank you. LeBron's had a wedding in the Caymans over the weekend. Yeah. Got sunburnt pretty brutally. Put some skin food on it. It was magic. Honestly, very soothing. I it's I mean the origin story of, of Pharaoh is uh is is baked in a sunburn, a really epic sunburn. So Well that's what I was telling my wife. She was like, We need to get some aloe. I was like, actually I have some skin food. This is why this product was created. It's one of many reasons. But yeah, I, I it, it works works like the Dickens on the sunburn. <laughs> it really does. As we say in the South. I haven't uh, I haven't been peeling because of it. Yeah. Crazy man. Yeah. Crazy. It, it, it makes you wonder what mechanistically is going on with all the other stuff since we peel. You know, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a this, I'm chemist and all that. <clears throat> but uh, I've been, I, I mean, I've been amazed at all the little things that this these products help with. It's it's awesome. Yeah, typically I get my base burn and then I peel for like a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been nothing. Just got to lather up, baby. Yeah. You're in town for KetoCon. I am. I'm, uh, we're, we're launching. Um, yeah, KetoCon is, uh, I don't know when this will air, but. Uh, tomorrow. Fantastic. So tomorrow, which will be today. Um, yeah, KetoCon is this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, first time First time at this conference. Um, missed it last year, but last year it was in the summer. It was like in June. And. Um, this actually, it's kind of wild. This this weekend, typically in Austin, was Paleo FX, mm-hmm. which was a conference for many men's. It's, it's actually where a lot of my passion and drive for like regenerative farming and uh, was really was really started was at Paleo FX, and it, it, for one reason or another, it's no longer. And so KetoCon slid back into this time frame, which is awesome. I love this time of year in Austin. Oh, the weather is perfect right now. Oh smoking so yeah we're we're here um when, when we're done recording here i'm gonna head over to the palmer event center and start setting up our booth so is KetoCon the conference with the best healthiest looking people in the world it's it's a good crowd yeah i mean i paleo it's it's a similar crowd to the paleo fx crew you know you i mean keto's keto's a notch in the belt of one way to eat you know a ketogenic diet um I'm quite certain I've ha- I've had some great conversations again this is the first year we're getting involved I had some great conversations with Robin um Switzler who's sort of the president and so I think they're probably going to work on a rebrand in the in the next year or so you know just open up K- keto's great I, I I tinker with keto quite a bit yeah uh, as a carnivore but you know it's it's one of many tools in the toolkit of optimal health so well that's the thing they focus on diet which keto certainly is but then you branch out to other things like pharaoh oh yeah skin products that don't have a bunch of chemicals in them we're the we're the ketogenic <laughs> skincare company so, uh, <laughs> and, and you know it doubles as a as a snack if you're in a real pinch and need some fat calories you know you can just scarf it down but yeah. no it's, i'm excited to be here and a lot of re- really great you know obviously get to see you um appreciate Appreciate the opportunity to chit chat again. I, I, I think I pinged you and said we really need to talk about something. If you want, I'm in town. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, now Keto's KetoCon's going to be 
a hoot, man. Yeah. And since the last time you were here, I've been using your products, face food and uh, skin food, particularly. I think they're, they're incredible. I put it on every day. It's Tony. I put it in my hair. Yep. After putting it uh, on my face, my wife is using it. She's loving it. Well, that's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really marketing to women. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are even going to buy the product for their man. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's 80, what, 80% of purchasing decisions. But I'm, I'm glad she's using it, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, Well, I thought she was going to be apprehensive at first, but she put it on. She's like, no, this is the real deal. A lot of people are apprehensive. Ironic. It's crazy, man. This, this, we're, we're really bringing Lard back into the limelight. Um, tallow, every, everybody's using tallow and tallow's great, but the Lard works in mysterious ways, Marty. And works in mysterious ways. It goes a long way. It goes a long way. Little goes a long way. Yeah. We're launching. Uh, so we, I brought you one, um, out on the table, but we're launching a new product. Epic Dermis, uh, is a new product line, uh, and we're featuring it, launching it here at KetoCon this, this weekend. So very excited about that. I just lathered up with it. It's got a very good scent. Oh yeah. It's, it's a sort of piney, earthy, really earthy. It's, it's it, so epic dermis, our epidermis. We're sort of taking the, the approach of, you know, epic lives are pretty hard on the skin. So this is a packable, portable aluminum tube of a new formulation of our product. So it's a on the go kind of thing. And, um, yeah, man, crossfitters, climbers, zombie killers, crafters, sort of the, you know, Cayman Island yeah. wedding hoppers, you know, epic lives are hard on our skin. People with fair skin who get burnt oh, pretty yeah. easily. I ran into, uh, so I flew into Houston <clears throat> yesterday and drove up cause I had to pick up. So this, this new product is actually being co-packed in Magnolia, Texas. Now I make all the creams, but I ship it to them in buckets and they, it's going in an aluminum tube. So it's gotta be filled, cramped all the, all the mechanistic side of the house. And so I flew into Houston yesterday to pick up what they had ready to bring here. And, uh, I guess there's a full Ironman triathlon going on in Houston this weekend because everybody on the plane was like, Yoked. Fit, yoked. You know, when, when we get to baggage claim, like everybody's got their bike and the line for the rental car was out the door. So I get, I start striking up a conversation with this dude and I was like, I had one epic dermis uh, tube with me that I was sort of getting through airport security, making sure everything worked, you know. I was like, here you go, man. Try this out. Try this out. Good luck tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, you think about a triathlete or any of these, I mean, farmers, anybody, active people. It's, uh, it's good to have a portable, portable product. Yeah. And so compared to face food and skin food, what's new with the epidermis? Uh, scent profiles very much, you know, you can do a lot. This, this is the area of that I'm learning drinking from the fire hose, but all the different sensations and things that you can elicit with different essential oils, different odors, uh, various things. It's way heavier on the lard. Mm-hmm. Um, so lard, leaf lard, and tallow are sort of our preeminent fats that we use in our formulations. This is w- no leaf lard in this one, way heavier on the lard uh, to tallow ratio. And, you know, uh, in the sense, great. So 
I thought it was eucalyptus. It's not that it's a little lavender, you said? Uh, uh, so it's uh, bergamot, which is probably what you're smelling, thinking it's eucalyptus. It's bergamot, uh, wild spruce, wild orange, and uh, basil in, in ratios. I got this really smart esthetician in Atlanta. Shout out, Melissa. Um, and she, she's forgotten more about essential oils than, than I'll ever know. And so I sort of give her my stated goal for a scent profile and she'll give me two or three or four things to play with and then I'll make them and you know I mean this is this product's been probably a year and a half in development and uh well freaks you can put lard on your face and smell good the ladies love lard and the and the and the doggies really love lard you know if you got a pet around the house be licking your face yeah 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 that's not shocking so for anybody out there who didn't hear our first conversation, why is Pharaoh's approach to skincare better than your typical commercialized skincare products? Oh, great, great question. It boils down to a couple of really basic things. Um, industrial skincare is, uh, is toxic as hell. <clears throat> if the first ingredient on your skincare is water, which there's a 99.9% chance the first ingredient is water. Cause I, and I know that because I've looked at a lot of labels and I know that because my early formulations when I had my epiphany were an emulsification of water with fat, all your skincare products on the market in the pharmacy stores are an emulsification of water and fat. When you introduce water, when you emulsify water into fat, you're providing a, food substrate for mold and bacteria to grow <clears throat> of course you are that's what water does is it feeds these things so in my early samples you know again i had this epiphany lard's amazing make a cream with lard luscious amazing cream in 10 days it's rancid and moldy okay so then you you do the research antimicrobial essential oils. I, again, I'm not a chemist, right? And so I start dumping essential oils in there, still moldy. Okay, well, we got to fire the water. We've got to get rid of the water. Otherwise, we have to put these chemical compounds. Parabens are, are a common, common example, but we have to put these compounds in there that kill mold and bacteria and don't let it grow. Well, our skin is covered with bacteria. Mm -hmm. if, if your listeners don't know, you're Entire, you have a grown adult human has between five to seven pounds of microbiotic bugs living on in their skin, your gastrointestinal tract, your eye socket, your ear, it's everywhere. So um, what makes us special is we get the water out, we handcraft everything. This ep epic dermis line is, is, uh, is our first sort of venture into co-packing but we're still hand making the raw ingredient that gets injected into these uh aluminum tubes but uh but yeah we don't we don't play with any water no toxic preservatives now the trade-off there is the shelf life of our products is anywhere from six months to a year mm -hmm. but you know go through your medicine cabinet there's probably it's half full of stuff that's over a year old you probably ought to throw away anyway like these are these are consumables, right? We want you to use them. Yeah. As a user, 
you'll find yourself wanting to use them every day. Oh yeah. I, I'm about a every other day. Depends if I shave, I use it, you know, with guys, it's, it's all about the routine. Like if you can't inject a skincare product into a preexistent male, like cadence mm-hmm. routine, good luck. Yeah. Cause we're just, so I, I use it as an aftershave and when I put it on as I shave this morning, so it's on and then it goes in my hair. You're telling me you're using the hair, but anyway, yeah. So no, no water, no toxicity. And we're the only game in town using lard right now. Um, pigs are biologically, basically humans. And so if you raise a really healthy, this is, this is one of the reasons why I don't think you see a lot of lard in skincare is because you, you really have to raise a healthy, happy pig. They're a monogastric animal. They metabolize their environment differently than like a ruminant cow species over here. So we say the lard works in mysterious ways and it's true. You, you have to put the work in and the care in raising that animal for the lard to work in mysterious ways, which is beautiful. Yeah. Cause if they're stressed or malnourished, it releases toxins. That, Just like humans. Yeah. Yeah. And they store all of that. I mean, again, the mechanisms with pigs and humans biologically for your listeners, I don't, we, we may have touched on this last time, but, um, we train our surgeons yeah, on pigs. Like we use pig organs in humans. Like, um, in high school when you do oh. the biology dissection, it's usually a pig. Oh yeah. Or I heard a rumor. Haven't fact checked this. I heard a rumor that when you're in, uh, when you're in special operations that from time to time, they will, uh, challenge you to shoot a pig in the wild and then bring it back to life. That seems pretty intense. I went on a pig hunt in Southwest Texas many moons ago, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And at night, with the, a bunch of the guys that came were special ops, and so they brought all their toys. It was a really neat experience. But it's like the last night, and everybody's cutting loose, and it's like, all right, we're putting our nods on and going and trying to find a pig so we can like they wanted to catch a pig and knife it holy shit and uh yeah but i heard a rumor that you know special ops guys shoot the pig the pig dies you've got to bring the pig back to life so it's basically you know all the a lazarus op Yeah, I've never been on a pig hunt. There's a, a lot of Bitcoiners, native Texan Bitcoiners who are like, you got to get out to the ranch because they're feral around here. Oh, yeah. Pigs are everywhere out here. They're a huge problem in Texas. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have uh, we, we, we have bouts with them in, in East Tennessee where I am. Of course, we're a little bit more mountainy. I'm guessing in West Tennessee, the more flat You've got, I think, I mean, pigs are crazy, man. I'm, I'm putting a blog post together now about just how resilient a species they are, you know, as a food stuff. And arguably they're the first animal we domesticated for meat. Really? There's, there's before uh, bovine. Yeah. For meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's archeological evidence of, you know, 13 to 11,000 years ago, you know, pigs as a as a domesticated species. Yeah. So 
No, which is. makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're they're smaller, you know, than a than a cow. Um, so you can you can uh, one person can dispatch of and probably clean a, a pig. It's 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 a two person job, maybe even a three person job for a larger cow. Cow. Yeah. No, I, we might have touched on this the last time you we were here, but if not, like. Even so, it always fascinates me, like a domesticated pig versus a feral pig. They just have different physiognomy. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, I would call it uh, epigenetics. So I, I've never experienced this, but I've just heard stories. Okay, so if you catch a wild pig and pin it up, it's two generations from that wild. So if you caught a, a sow and you were able to breed the sow twice in captivity, then uh, it takes two generations, which you can do that in one year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, what is that, there? Yeah. Uh, three months, three weeks, and three days is general gestation on a pig. And 21 days after they farrow a litter, um, technically they're back in estrus. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, they're proficient, <laughs> which is one of the, part of the reason why you've got <clears throat> such a problem with them. But, um, but two generations from domestication out of the wild and the hair starts to get lighter and the tusks on the males start to go, you know, you could, you could see the, the domestication side come through. Likewise, it's, I've heard, um, if a domesticated pig gets out in the wild, they'll grow thicker hair almost immediately Yeah, in response to their environment. Um, so, and they're smart. They have feelings. They do. They have memories. I I I can neither confirm nor deny. D- deny. I mean, they definitely have a memory. I've heard that they have the cognitive capacity of a three-year-old human. I have a three-year-old human at yeah. home. Yeah, it's pretty it's, robust cognitive capacity. It's unbelievable. I I would joke uh, with my friends um, back when we were farrowing pigs. So the term farrowing. Obviously, it's the name of our company, but farrowing is is uh, getting a mama pig and a daddy pig together and making baby pigs. That's you're a pig farrower, and a litter of pigs is often referred to as a farrow of pigs. And um, where was I going with this? Getting them together. They're smart. They have memories. Yes. They. <laughs> so. Um, I would tell people if you ever want to see what sexually active three-year-old humans would act like, <laughs> just come see pigs when the mama's in heat. Cause it's, <coughs> it's a hoot, man. The, 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 when we had a boar breeding boar, Brutus was his name. Brutus, Brutus and Olive. Brutus the breeding out. boar. Pour a sip out for Brutus and Olive. They, they tasted great by the way, when, when the time came, cause everybody has that, ticket to punch at some point. Um, but yeah, when she, you could smell it, you could, it was this very, I mean, this is the coolest part about farming is you, you see these. So human beings, human females are the only mammal on the planet to my knowledge that hide their estrus. Like there's no outward visible either smell or show display Mm -hmm. of fertility Uh, this this is it's just emotional display (laughs) fair enough (laughs) 
there's there's no physical <laughs> physical show. Um, so with, with with animals, you see these. And, I mean, you know, peacocks do this, and you, you see this across the animal kingdom with with uh, pigs. It's a it's a noticeable estrus smell, and and you'll see the females. You know, she's obviously coming into heat, and dude, <laughs> Brutus would smell the air and it's go time and he would he, he'd he'd employ all sorts of strategies to try and woo her you know he'd he'd beg some days he'd be forceful some day it was about a three to four day courting process courting process and, and when you so when you're pastoring pigs you know they, they see you every day you're feeding them you know or, or at least making your presence known with them every day you give them a little belly scratch it's it's always best to stay on the on the uh, positive side of a relationship with a 800 pound boar, you know, but, uh, yeah, when she, you, you could smell, smell like apple cider vinegar almost. Really? You could, you could, you could visibly see, you know, her sexual organs sort of bulging and a little discolored and, but you could smell it. It was crazy. And, um, buddy, he would, so yeah, if you ever want to see what sexually active human three-year-olds might look like in their mannerisms and courting process, just go find a pig pharaoh and <laughs> and uh, observe. So the, are those technically pheromones that they're giving off? Or oh yeah, I, I, I would imagine that's what that is. Yeah, um, which is interesting. I, uh, this whole birth control thing I'm hearing more and more about now, and how it impacts the pheromone. Uh, not only the pheromones that women themselves put out, but also their ability to sense and smell male pheromones. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of the conversation we want to get to today is uh, the effects of some medical products on human behavior, our bodies, our health. That's one thing. Like when did, the pill become popular. It had to be in like the last 50 years, right? 60s. 60s. 50s, 60s is when it, I would say 70s is when it probably blew up. You know, when it sort of jumped, it, it came along about the, what is that, second wave feminism? I think ish. That, that rings the bell. Because part of the, part of the summer of love sort of, sex sexual revolution was driven by the pill because for the first time you're not going to get pregnant you have you have a tight control over female reproductive capacity yeah it's very unnatural it you know that's yeah you're right yeah it's it's unnatural um <laughs> i'm not sure any of us have all the data in terms of the side effects or impacts of these I have anecdotal data, like I know. We all, we've all got that. I, I, I say that in, in light of some of your recent interviews and some of the silver linings that have come out of this last three years of hell that we've all been through. And it's like, huh, maybe the gated institutions that we're supposed to trust don't have our best interests at heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you freaks haven't listened to that episode with Michael Koss and Dr. Joel Wolskog, it's the episode before this one released it yesterday um april 19th but yeah i mean dr walskog particularly i mean lifelong orthopedic surgeon injured by the COVID 19 moderna vaccine 
and he was immersed in the industry, got caught up hook, line, and sinker, and the whole debacle. He was injured and is not able to to work anymore. It's completely had him questioning the whole apparatus that he was working within. When you think about this, like FDA, CDC, big pharma, and like the hospital corporations that have sprung up oh, in the last 50 years. It's created well, this incredibly perverse system. They talked about it briefly. That was a great interview, by the way. Uh, they talked about it briefly, but like the number of uh, doctors that used to be in their own practice versus employed now, and <clears throat> there was a bunch of stuff y'all touched on. It was a fa fascinating, yes, I, I concur for for the freaks out there if you if you haven't listened to that one yet and you know marty i i follow uh jordan peterson quite a bit and he just interviewed another guy out of minnesota that ran for a governor he was a senator there doctor for 35 years the point i'm making is similar stories are popping up everywhere from these credible high conviction doctors just sticking their hand up a little bit and say maybe this isn't and just, you know, getting flatlined and yeah, um, it's. And this has been something that's been growing for like a century because that's something, that's a rabbit hole I dove down a few months ago, which is the Rockefellers influence on the medical industry. They really wanted to push their hydrocarbon uh, byproducts into medicine. Well, the Kellogg's too. Yeah. I, I, I was on a rant last night with some, I got on a rant with some, uh, virtual conference call last night and it's like the seventh day and, and you know I, I spent 15 years in like the paleo you know ancestral living space and i never cracked any of these subjects in terms of like the history of the Kellogg cereal company seventh day adventist church they believe that you know meat consumption uh, makes men too virulent you know it's just let's T's too high. Yeah, T's way too high, and so <laughs> let's let's uh, let's write the uh, let's let's make this product, market it as the greatest breakfast food ever, and then oh by the way let's let's get in and write a bunch of dietary guidelines. I Pete, for your listeners that don't know, so I'm in this cosmetics business now, which is sort of regulated by the FDA. I use the term regulated very loosely when it comes to skincare the consumer protections in that industry are laughable at best um yeah but the uh the food and drug administration oversees cosmetics the u.s department of agriculture is the entity that publishes our dietary guidelines and it's, I mean, just thinking of a nineties kid, go back to cereal. Like I grew up eating cocoa puffs, fruity pebbles, cocoa frosted puffs flakes, cocoa puffs, Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch. Oh. But it's funny. You have this like spectrum and it's like all oh, cornflakes are like the bland, healthy cereal and cocoa puffs are good, but it's all bad for you. Well, and, and we, we were also lucky enough. Well, at least I was lucky enough. At least I was eating my cereal with whole milk. You know, we were a two percent family. Yeah, we were. Two, everybody was psyoped. The whole thing. It's 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 the silver lining of the last three years of hell that they've put us through. Is if you're 
remotely awake, remotely paying attention. You're like, oh, shit. If they were wrong about this, that's, that's what happened with Pharaoh. Like, I took this paleo, if it doesn't spoil, don't eat it lens, and I shined it over on skincare, and I'm like, whoa. And then you shine it on the Fed. Shine, shine, shine that same lens on, you know, monetary policy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're taking, we're taking Bitcoin, have been now, I forget, when we started doing that. And um, it's, uh, that's exciting to me. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm still scratching the surface on understanding that world. It takes a while. I, I just, I know I need to be there. You know, I know I need to take it. Uh, I know, you know, with what we're getting into here in a minute, you know, I got to lean into the Bitcoin community. Great. You know, I've got a product that you can, you know, use your Bitcoin, but more importantly, like the work that Slim's doing and some of these other folks out there connecting ranchers with Bitcoiners. And uh, this is a good segue into sort of why I reached out to you since I was going to be in Austin. Um, they're, they're poisoning everything. Yeah. They're absolutely poisoning everything. And um, these mRNA, injections that I was trying to find these. Yeah. I don't like using the, the V word because it's not that no, it's like a genetic treatment. But um, if you don't know, if you don't know, the pharmaceutical industry has been leaning hard into domestic animals uh, for a long time. It's actually arguably a bigger or as least as big market of, of a market for a lot of pharmaceutical companies as humans. And the data is really interesting. Like if your vet gives you a prescription for your furry, fluffy friend, like 99 times out of 100, you will fill that prescription and you will... You will give that pet the prescribed dose through the entire schedule of the medicine. Okay. If your primary care physician prescribes a medicine for you, you'll fill it 50% of the time. 50% of the 50% of the time that you fill it, you'll actually take the prescription as prescribed, right? So we, funny enough, we'll take care of our pets with more rigor and we take care and we ourselves. take care of ourselves and so um you know Merck and some of these other big companies that, that they've been in the uh in the pet and domesticated animal space for a long time and you know when you've got a u.s department of agriculture or a food and drug administration that allows for i don't know let's just say um, <coughs> chicken it allows for chicken to be labeled hormone and antibiotic free, as long as the hormones and antibiotics are injected into the shell directly before it hatches. What? Yeah, of course. Cause it, cause it, it's, it's, it's not a chicken yet. It's not a chicken yet. So we inject the hormones and the antibiotics. Or when does life begin in the egg? I guess that's the big question. Do we want to go there today, no, Marty? Not right now. <laughs> But, 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 you know, again, we, we live in a world where that label exists, that rule exists, that. um, over in the meat side, you know, if, uh, a cow can be born, raised, killed, 
slaughtered, butchered, packed up in Brazil, shipped to America, sit for 24 hours in a anointed, you know, USDA facility, relabeled, you know, packaged back up and labeled product to the U.S. And so I reached out to you because I was coming to Austin. I love seeing you. you look great, by the way. Again, you, sir. Uh, I reached out to you because this has been legislation that just got uh, trampled down um, in Tennessee. Uh, we'll raise it again, but they're they're injecting this mRNA technology now into livestock. I don't, I don't believe that it's made its way to store shelves yet. You know, I think um, I know they've been doing it with some industrial pigs, just playing around. Uh, they're talking about doing it with cows. It's kind of why I wish we were could be two places at one time this weekend because Slim and Dr. Malone and Brooke Miller and they've got a thing going on in Virginia this weekend. Brooke's the former president of uh, U.S. Cattlemen's Association. But uh, but yeah, they're, 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 this is the next level of the, of of this mRNA technology. They're going to force it into our dietary food uh, by means of you know either required or encouraged. What is the justification for it? Because the food seems, I mean, despite the fact that most of the industrial animals are being jacked up with antibiotics and hormones, which I don't like. I try to stay away from this. Why we go shake your rancher's hand. Yep. Um, There's a new label, by the way. Have you seen this? No. Um, I just took a picture. I sent it to the meat mafia boys. The new, the new term is, uh, no artificial hormones. So my first question is, okay, what are the natural hormones that we have that we can synthesize? And, you know, cause you know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a label, no artificial hormones. What the f- does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean? It's all very insidious. And that's, I mean, put the tinfoil hat on. I can put my, uh, my Marty Jones fan club hat on that just fell, but it seems like with particularly with the push to inject animals with mRNA technology, it's essentially the powers that be realizing that there is this awakening happening. The COVID-19 injection rollout did not go as planned as if you listen to the previous rip that uh, is certainly injuring and killing people um, and a lot of people. And maybe they saw all right, maybe humans are going to do it, but we want to get this into them. So we got to go get their food. Control the food. You control the people. Yeah, you need so, food to live. You need food to live. This is, you know, again, I'm learning, learning more and more about Bitcoin. Uh, the more I learn about Bitcoin, the more I look back and think, okay, you know, we go off the gold standard. Everything's fiat. How much of this food problem that we have now, this manifestation of all these industrial ag and how it's, destroying the planet how much of that is is really built on the idea of just fiat money and i think it's quite a bit and um anyway if if they're th- th- this cat's already out of the barn there's just 
I don't think there's any getting it back in. Uh, the Tennessee legislation that got shot down was a food labeling uh, requirement. If the if the meat has been injected with mRNA technology, put a label on it. I, you know that that helps, but how does that get shot down? See, like, so I guess two things. How does it get shot down, and how big, how pervasive is this initiative right now of getting it into? the livestock. I don't know why it got shot down. It got, uh, it was, uh, it was the finance subcommittee that it was brought up. I was asked to come in. We have some, some cool SOBs in the state legislature in Tennessee, Frank nicely. I'll just shout out to Senator nicely. One of the most forward thinking, this is a guy in his maybe early seventies. That's talking about, centralized digital bank currencies talking about like getting Tennessee to have its own, you know, gold backed or Bitcoin backed state currency, which is violation of the constitution or something. But it's like just having those conversations, you're like, this guy gets it. Well, it's not a violation of the constitution because in the constitution, it says that the only money we should ever have is hard money, gold and silver, particularly they mentioned probably a, uh, an affront to like legal tender laws that were that were thrust on us probably after 1913, I would imagine. Perhaps I've got to go back and re- review my creature from Jekyll Island <laughs> literature. But anyway, no, you know, so Nicely's one of the ones that sponsored this bill, and um, you know, I you don't know what got attached to it, and I mean, I I'm so not behind the mechanics of these political movements. But the point is, uh, I guarantee you that the the drug companies, the pharmaceutical companies are pushing this on livestock, you know, to protect us. To protect us. You gotta, you gotta protect the animals and protect us. And um, everything I know, again, I'm not a biologist, I'm not a chemist, but every, I, I try to listen to really smart people. Um, the dark horse folks, uh, Brett Weinstein's been on, on this stuff from like day one. He and Heather are evolutionary biologists, so they have a fairly deep steeping in this. And he's worried that, that these spike proteins will cross the gut barrier. I agree with him. And I mean, it was so, proven in humans. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've had our case studies. We, we, we've had our, yeah, we've had our. Well, that was the other thing. We mentioned it. Before we hopped in here, it was a weird thing that Elon came out a couple of weeks ago. It was essentially like, uh, like we, we messed up with the first rollout of mRNA human vaccines, but we got to keep pushing in this direction, which is very scary for many reasons. Like the conversation never comes back to like preventative healthcare or just living a healthy life. And it's like, don't believe your lying eyes over the last century since big pharma has exploded and become a very integrated part of our everyday lives. Diabetes at an all-time high, obesity at an all-time high, chronic illness at an all-time high, cancer at an all-time high. <laughs> like maybe there's something wrong with the combination of what we've been injecting into ourselves that has been produced by the pharmaceutical industry and the food we've been eating. So it's like a create the problem with the shitty food and then solve the problem with the shitty medicine. Well, yeah, create the problem with the uh with the fiat yeah now we can print as much as we want and give it to the right people so the incentive structure gets gets sideways 
Um, I, I love your, like the crowd health stuff. You're, you're, I know they're a sponsor of the show. Um, it's crowd, crowd, crowd health. health. Yeah. Yeah. They work out of here. We might see Andy when we walk out. Yeah. So, so my day job is in insurance, mostly commercial. I do a lot of benefits work and, and uh, commercial PNC work. And the numbers we're seeing in claims around diabetes, heart disease, cancer, um, are just, it, it's staggering how much they're growing. And, you know, again, crappy food. And uh, we're, what, what are we, we're one of only two countries on the planet that allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise on television. Yeah, it's us in New Zealand. Yep. And so, you and, get. And there's like data coming out that like, the, all right, this one's not going to be on YouTube, I guess, but the uh, mRNA, the COVID injections, I mean, they are exacerbating some of these chronic illnesses. Oh, all cause mortalities through the roof. You mark my, you mark my words. I'm in the insurance business. Mark my words. There will be a question on every life insurance application in this country in the next five years. Have you ever had any mRNA injections? And if so, when and what? Mark my words. Yeah, well, because it affects your bottom line at the end of the day, right? Life, life insurance is sort of like one of the last bastions of free market, actuarial driven, you know, you either die or you don't. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no ambiguity here. And you have to put a probability on each individual. That's way. right. And ter term insurance is a, is a cash cow for the insurance companies. Great. Should be. Everyone should outlive their term, you know, but, but it gives you the, the protection when you need it. And all cause mortality is going through the roof. And so, you know, these companies and the people that reinsure them aren't going to put up with that crap for much longer. Because they'll go out of business, right? If you're paying too many claims. That's right. You're basically making this bet like a percentage. Correct. The people are buying this insurance aren't going to die, so we'll have some excess reserves to to pay all claims. And I've been doing um, I've been doing some work with uh, there's a group out of out of Reno that I've known for a long time, Specialty Health, and and we've just sort of gotten back in the saddle with them. You know, a lot of this cardiovascular disease stuff was born out of the 50s, 60s, saturated fats, the devil, mm -hmm. you know, the psyop. The, 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 the PSYOP of all PSYOPs, and, and the most frustrating thing about the PSYOP of all PSYOPs when it comes from to nutrition is all the data is out there now. Like they reversed the saturated fat demonization. They did it in 2017. Like total reversal of 40 years of dietary guidelines. Front page of the New York Times? No. Front pages of Forbes? No. It's not anywhere. You can't even see it anymore. Complete reversal. But you got all this sugar versus fat demonization. Well, even, even the, you go to your doctor for a physical, right? They're going to give you your standard lipid panel. Here's your blood panel. And, um, oh, your cholesterol is a little high. So you need to go on all these drugs, not looking underneath at insulin resistance, which is again, the sugar marker. How, what does your body manage and deal with sugar? Um, and then they're, they're not looking at, um, some of the other underlying components like LDLP particle count, LDLP or LPA, some of these. So anyway, I went and did the full workup. You'll love this. Did the full workup with these guys because I'm trying to bring them into some of our, we, we handle insurance for small municipalities, you know, mm -hmm. cities, local governments, stuff like that. And 
and they're the insurance company. You know, we set them up so that they're sort of their own self-insured platform. So they're paying all the bills. You can't do this with, can't do this with Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yes. They're too incentivized to keep the standard thing going. Anyway, long story short, my, my blood panel for the last decade, decade, Marty, has been high. My HDL is always high, so my total is always high, and it's usually, but one of the reasons it's high is because my HDL, which is the good cholesterol, is usually really high. And the conversation with my primary care physician every time for the last decade has been, well, your total is high. Yes, but the only reason my total is high, Doc, is because the HDL, which you tell me I'm supposed to have lots of, is high. That's the only reason it's high. Yeah, but your total's high, so you need to go on. I'm not going to go on drugs. Well, let's you know reevaluate in six months. So we've been playing this little cat and mouse game for ten years. I go work with this group at a Reno. Same story, but they go one layer deeper in terms of their analysis. Turns out my insulin resistance, I'm highly insulin sensitive, so I can manage sugar in my blood. Um, my LDLP particle count was through the roof. I eat butter, meat, salt, water. It's a good diet. Pretty good. Works pretty good. Um, my LDLP is like 5X normal. You know, alarms, bells are going off. So they, they throw me into, well, you, we think you're fine, but let's go get a calcium, coronary calcium survey just to be safe. So I've had 10 years of elevated cholesterol, according to the panel. 10 years. <coughs> my, my coronary calcium survey score, zero. Yeah. So no blockage. So... Again, crowd health, anybody that's going to step up and be willing to look at insulin sensitivity as the underlying marker to metabolic health or lack thereof is going to be able to get out in front of all these diseases of modernity that we're really dealing with. I mean, so you're saying doctors just focusing on top line cholesterol or not really looking for the signal, which is that that calcium blockage and that insulin reaction. I'm saying, yes, I'm saying that the standard lipid panel isn't telling the whole story. And, and for, for, for anyone that's willing to look one layer underneath, like the specialty health group out of Reno is doing it. Dr. Phil Ovedi is doing it. You're seeing a, you're seeing a huge rise in like constant glucose monitor companies you know where you can yep. stick this thing so so again glucose how is our body reacting to the consumption of sugar so we're starting to turn the corner you know in in bitcoin communities in the keto world in the non-standard media right yeah. we're turning the corner we're looking at sugar we're understanding its impact um because it also this is my point is Similar to, similar to if a life insurance company is not willing to put that question on their application in five years, have you had an mRNA technology vaccine? If they're not willing to answer that or ask that question, they're done. 
Okay. Similarly, uh, you know, from a health insurance standpoint, if the provider or the purveyor of information is not willing to talk to their constituency about lifestyle changes and insulin sensitivity and, 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 and the, the real story behind what's going to make you sick, they're done. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of sick people out there. And if you want to be profitable, you're going to have to be able to accurately determine the overall health of your patient. The two biggest threats to, in my opinion, the two biggest threats to our democracy or our republic or our sovereignty in this country are we're depleting our soils like 35 years of harvests left. I mean, this is published data. Holy shit. Oh, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. Doesn't get talked about, but it's not pretty. So we're, we're depleting our soils and we have the vast majority of our gated institutions of health, wellness, you know, are, are so captured and unwilling to, um, to have the conversation about to get out of their cognitive dissonance of, hey, maybe we're not helping people. Maybe they are, are striving for as much revenue as possible by pushing these pills isn't really helping people. Like, could we argue that many doctors in today's day and age are not accurately or appropriately following Hippocratic's, the Hippocratic Oath? Oh, I, I, yeah, I think that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah. And and who funds the who who funds the the medical schools? Big pharma, you know. Who funds who funds the media? Who funds the media? Big pharma. Big pharma. Who funds the politicians? <laughs> and, and 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 who is big pharma? It's big ag. It's the same. It's, yeah. It's this amalgamous. I mean. What was it? Slim's talked about this many times on this show. It's like Monsanto and Bear have somewhat. They're the same company. Yeah. Yeah. General Mills and, I mean, uh, Procter & Gamble, they're, they're, I mean, think about the food products that Procter & Gamble puts out. Think about the medical products that the that they put out. Um, so I, uh, I'll tell you a quick funny story. My, my uh, So I got my kids, and they helped me with the company, and it's cool. They're eight and ten now, uh, but – you know, one of the coolest moments I've ever had with them. So I'm making breakfast and we're watching like Georgia public broadcast, you know, just a public television station. I think it was a Jack, what's his name's into the wild. It's like the crocodile hunter. Yeah. The American, but, but new guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Great show. Great show. But I'm sitting over here making breakfast and every commercial break, Every commercial break was three things. It was get the vaccine. It was here is your uh, childhood eczema cream solution. So big pharma. And uh, what was the third one? It had something to do with. um, It had something to do with like transgender acceptance, something or other diversity, equity, inclusion. There were three commercials in different orders. Every commercial break. And the only thing I talked my kids into doing, I said, 
when that skincare commercial comes up, I want you to listen to the side effects. That's all I want. I just want you to, and of course, you know, we make these skincare products and dude, it was the coolest. Like this is, I love this about kids. Like you focus their little energy on something. They're like, dad, it said you could die. Dad, it said you could get cancer. Yeah. Well, somebody who was, that's the word I'm looking for, haunted by eczema for the first 20 years of my life, tried every cream out there since I was young, like three years old. Like, they don't work, number one. Then number two, if they do, quote unquote, work, that was like when I stopped using the cream, probably when I was like 18, um, it discolored my skin. Mm. Part of my skin was just like white and it like looked weird. And then it wasn't until I was like 21, 22 that I figured out it was probably like sugar and carbs and I cut them out that I haven't had eczema in over a decade. So, yeah. So again, it's the same conversation. Eczema. Eczema is an autoimmune condition, symptomatic response to something underlying as it relates to what you're eating. Now, our creams work great for relieving the systemic symptomatic side but it's, you know, you go to your dermatologist, are they going to, are they saying, are, how much carbs are you eating? Or, you know, what's your resting blood glucose level? Or what's your H, you know, H1C? No. Take this cream with this active ingredient in it, which, oh, by the way, has got water as an ingredient and all these other compounds in it. And let's treat this symptom. Let's treat this symptom. Well, now I have this side effect. Don't worry. We've got this other product yeah. to help with that symptom. Oh, your itchiness has gone away, but your skin's discolored. We'll set you up with a tanning <laughs> booth, okay? We'll get, get you spray tan. Oh, shake your rancher's hand, guys. Well, yeah, definitely do that. But that brings up, like going back to like the mRNA introduction to our food supply. What are you seeing? Obviously, there's efforts in Tennessee to get labeling uh, on products of animals that have been uh, injected with this stuff. Um, I know Brooke, you mentioned Dr. Brooke Miller up at uh, Ginger Halangus in Northern Virginia. I've heard him in person articulate that he will not be uh, using this technology on his livestock. Similarly, Cole Bolton, he was here mm-hmm. at the Commons. Uh, for the takeover event last month and he made a very passionate d- decree this will not be in any of our animals and we highly recommend that any other ranchers don't do this as well what are you observing across the landscape of ranchers and people that that, that raise and um slaughter livestock is there a split in the community are there people who are pushing for it I, i'm not aware of anybody that's excited about and are they trying to mandate it that's what i hear i mean wouldn't you if you were in control and wanted to maintain power you'd you'd i mean you'd force 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 um you know for your listeners this is this is i employ you to like reach out to your local state level politicians make sure that if something isn't on the docket uh, that it gets on the docket. I, I don't know how we put this put this back in the barn because, again, back to some of these food labeling laws and what you're able to get away with, like, 
oh, the um, that's not mRNA injected because it was nasal injected. Spray. Yeah, it was a nasal spray. It was technically not an injection, right? They, I mean, they, they, they'll work around. Um, the best strategy is, is to, again, be able to shake your rancher's hand, uh, build, again, build a stronger, more resilient local food uh, uh, community. Um, I've been, I've been, it's a tangential thing, but I've been hypothesizing like this live work community, like commune type thing for, I think, I think, uh, I think Bitcoin would be the way to like supercharge it. Oh yeah. But anyway, my, my point is, um, it's, it's becoming more and more and more critical to shake your rancher's hand. Um, but, but I would, I would add a layer to that, like reach out to your local state, uh, government, Uh, you know, start with, start with your mayor, start with your local representative. But, uh, if you're not having conversations about this, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I do think I'm hopeful that we can eliminate this. Um, I'm optimistic that it, got to animals a lot faster than I thought it would, which means they're desperate. You know, the human experiment didn't work so well. So let's move on to domestic livestock. Uh, I'm quite certain they've been using this stuff in pigs for a while. If I were big pharma, I would be testing stuff on pigs all the time. It's again, it's one of the reasons why our product works so damn good is because pigs and humans are very similar, very similar. Do I think that mRNA injected meat has made it its way into our food? I don't believe that's the case now. I don't believe it is. But if we're not willing to make these phone calls, support our local ranchers, but also like stick your hand up. Yeah, because it is very scary. I mean, we just saw the human experiment go terribly wrong. Imagine. We we haven't seen the human experiment go terribly wrong yet. Yeah, we're still in the early stages of terribly wrong, but I think we all know what's coming, and it's I'm I'm not excited about it. No, it's when you get that question on the insurance claim. Yep. Yeah. What's going to happen if you answer yes to that question? You're going to get denied, or is your premium? Just I would say, I would say you're not going to get denied. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> here's a funny insurance question. Uh, story for you. So I sell life insurance is one of the products that we sell. And uh, I've got a couple, you know, under it, the wrote the husband and the wife. Husband came back preferred best. These are like homesteady, you know, eat right kind of folks. The wife um, was skinny. You know, it's pr- pretty skinny gal, not frail, but skinny. So she missed the weight requirement by one pound. This is a 30-something-year-old adult human being. She was one pound lighter than they would like her to be. Okay? They denied her insurance, not rated her, not gave her this extra premium because she was underweight. They denied her life insurance. Now, I can go get a smoker. I can go get a diabetic. I can go get an overweight person. I can go get all these people with all these conditions insurance and they pay more for it. But this girl was a little too skinny. A little too healthy. Denied. Like, no path for you. That's crazy. 
Yeah. So yeah. there's, but there's opportunities out there again, this crowd health kind of stuff. If someone's willing, someone's willing to ask the right questions and as an insurance provider pay for the right stuff, you know, it's, 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 it's fascinating, fascinating opportunity out there. I think, well, there's two, two things in my mind right now, which is I feel a sense of urgency to get this message out there. Why have you on? Why had Michael and Joel on yesterday? And even though this is a Bitcoin podcast, we're not talking about like Bitcoin technical developments or its effect on monetary policy or its place in the macro geopolitical environment. Like we mentioned with Michael and Joel yesterday, it's important to begin like the Venn diagram of these different movements of regenerative farming, natural skincare, um, the pushback against the, the big pharma industry and the perverse incentives that have been erected around it um, and Bitcoin, because there is a bunch of disparate groups of people who have this gut feeling, this intuitive feeling that something's wrong, something needs to change. And most importantly, they are taking action, um, whether it be you getting your regenerative farm up and running and then producing this natural skincare line, um, whether it be Joel and Michael starting React 19 to just start a transparent conversation, depoliticize the, uh, the uh, conversation overall and say, hey, this is a human issue. People are obviously being affected. We can't just sweep this under the rug and put our, put our heads in the sand. Um, uh, Slim with the beef initiative, shake your rancher's hand. Uh, it's important that we all having this intuitive feeling like something's terribly wrong. We begin putting our minds together and working together because again, going back to what I said initially, I think there is some urgency that we need to engender in people. Like, Hey, this MRNA gets into our food supply. There may be no turning back. Well, I mean, I, I, again, the more I uncover about the Bitcoin community and the, the underlying foundation of the, the ethos of Bitcoin, you know, I would ask this, if we don't have any topsoil, what's Bitcoin worth? <laughs> Nothing. No. Can't eat a Bitcoin. Can't eat a Bitcoin, right? Um, you know, if all of our animals are injected with uh, gene therapy, you know, what's a Bitcoin worth? I don't know. Can't spend it when you're dead. So... Um, you know, it's a, it's a heavy yoke to bear, but I appreciate, you know, again, the man, I, I listened to it on the, on the drive in from Houston yesterday. That it, and again, I was just further motivated to come in here and chat with you today. Like this, this stuff is them putting this stuff in our food is a big deal. So yes, shake your rancher's hand. Yes. Call your local state legislators start there. I mean, yeah. And then with Bitcoin too, like empower your local rancher that's right like all right if they're going to try and cut off your bank account because you won't inject your livestock with mrna like don't worry we have a way to pay you um yeah i i was going to say too like i i I, all the work that you know slim's doing and you know michael over at oshi and uh the unchained capital like everybody that's you everybody that's that's creating more and more market access for Bitcoiners on the product end of the house, especially around meat and food is fantastic. 
um, you know, don't be scared to, as a Bitcoiner, don't be scared. If, if your rancher, if your local person that you meet doesn't accept Bitcoin, that's okay. You know, they're doing the, the, the value for value work over here on the food production side. So don't, it, it's, it opens the door for you to have a conversation with them about, you know, what, what is it? Uh, Slim always says like ranch coining Bitcoiners and Bitcoining ranchers. Yeah. Orange pilling. Uh, orange pill. Yeah. Yeah. Orange pilling ranchers and ranch pilling Bitcoin. Ranch pilling Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic, um, on, on, on the impact that this community can have. Uh, and so the urgency is it, it's, it's growing. Yeah. I can p- paint, maybe it's not utopian, but a, a much more optimistic vision of the future, combining Bitcoin, particularly Bitcoin mining, regenerative farming in Northern Tennessee, my two co-founders at standard Bitcoin, one of the mining companies, um, a part of, uh, they're in Northern Tennessee. Tom's got a big ranch, Matt born and raised up in that area. So he knows where all the stranded gas wells are. Um, so we're scooping up those gas wells, putting Steve Barber's hash huts on the mining Bitcoin. And it's beautiful to see because, uh, the one hash hut we have is right next to a field of grazing cattle. Mm. So you can envision this parallel economy popping up, uh, supported by regenerative farming and Bitcoin, particularly Bitcoin mining, using the resources of the land, whether it be the grass and the soil or the natural gas that exists in a lot of the areas across the country. You find these stranded gas wells, you put a Bitcoin mine on it, you got your cows grazing right next to it, and then you're getting as much value out of your land as possible, whether it be regenerating the soil, producing meat, or extracting value out of the gas that is stranded in Bitcoin which helps you bolster your balance sheet, makes you more privy to accepting it, more comfortable accepting it. There, That is the distributed future I want to see. I want to see a hash hut on every farm that has a strand of natural gas well. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you could take it. I mean, the, the beauty of Bitcoin is it's a, it's a stackable. So regenerative ag is about stacking uh, symbiotic enterprises on the same land, you know, beef, pork, chicken, lamb, you know, all of these various species can cohabitate and co-utilize the same acreage seasonally and rotationally. Bitcoin mining, uh, Bitcoin, um, just, just stacks right on top of that. Yeah. Um, and we can actually help that I do thing too. Even if like a farmer doesn't have the capital to go buy a hash hut and all the ASICs, it is pretty capitally capital intensive partner with Bitcoiners. Bitcoiners come in and say, Hey, can I use the gas on your land? I'll give you a profit share on the Bitcoin we mine, Help support your farm. Oh God. Yeah. Well, and even like, even in an industrial model, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of industrial, but you know, um, even a small scale, but ramped up dairy, you know, milking maybe 10, 15,000 cows, which is big, but small. I mean, we had that big fire here in Texas oh, what, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That was crazy. It was 18,000 head, I think. So there, there's a situation where you've got this high concentration of manure. That's, that, that's the problem with industrial farming, okay, is you're concentrating these very volatile chemicals, 
and, and you're not providing any release release right in, in, in nature the release is carbon okay i've got all these different uh nitrogen chemicals um the the, no, the more noxious things in manure um that if they don't have carbon to bind to turn into ammonia you know chicken houses are the best example so but in an industrial environment you have the capacity they're doing this now they're like harvesting the manure turning it into methane you know and 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 doing various things to to take advantage of the production of these these gases Th- throw throw uh a generator and a couple miners on it all day man yeah all day <clears throat> it's funny when you're describing that like just the depth of knowledge you have of you say you're not a chemist or a scientist but you understand the uh the interaction between a lot of these elements that exist in your line of work. It's just thinking of the people who are pushing these, whether it be food labeling, um, the, the vaccine requirements for livestock. Like they're completely detached, like sitting here talking to you and understanding your breadth of knowledge. It is really disgusting to think that most of the coastal elites have this like disgusted view of like American farmers in flyover country or even over the Netherlands, same thing. Like they're getting uh, attacked for their uh, nitrogen emissions. Oh, like who knows how to take care of the land better than the people actually doing it. And why have we been psyoped into believing that the politicians and big pharma knows what we need in our food system? Well, this is, this is how Will Harris ended up on uh, Rogan's podcast a couple months back is he wrote that open letter to Bill Gates. Like, basically just saying, I appreciate that you own all this farmland. You don't know two shits about how to run farmland. And it's not that's not a knock. It's not a derogatory thing to say. But It's an objective statement. It's an fact. objective fact that you don't know what you're doing when it comes to land stewardship, right? And so... He ended up on Rogan because he went on one of the major news networks and they kept trying to pin him down to be like, you're a mean guy. You know, it's like, I meant no disrespect. I've just simply stating, you know, anyway, he ends up on Rogan and, and, um, we, we need more of that. Yeah. You know, we need more of, of these voices. And so that I'm as always appreciative of the opportunity to chew the fat, so to speak about all this. And I, I'm, New to the Bitcoin, still very new, but learning. I, I appreciate all the information you put out for us uh, novices. Well, I, I try my best. It's fantastic. And I will happily keep you and the Mrs. Lathered. And, um, yeah, that's what we've had a bit of a reband. Free, free, so and aware. TFTC now stands for truth for the commoner. So started as tales from the crypt the focus on bitcoin crypt crypto i love it big mistake have uh fixed that mistake truth for the commoner now bitcoin focused but i want to broaden to other i mean we have been for years now but just to solidify it brought it to other conversations like let's get the truth of the matter of what is actually happening to us our money our health our food supply it's if if you can't it's, well, it's like KetoCon's about to rebrand probably next year, going to be more inclusive, more connected. You know, if you can't connect ranching to Bitcoin or 
topsoil to Bitcoin, or if you if you can't make those draw those conclusions, you you you're not awake. No, you know that's the other thing I wanted to touch on too. While all of this seems very daunting and the weight of all of it can seem overwhelming at times, particularly with the topsoil, it is a fixable problem, right? Yes, will take time. It's it's. This is where I get into the white pill, black pill moments for me. It's like, it's fixable. The incentive structures are completely wrecked. You know, all look at, look at where all the government subsidies go. They go to wrecking soil. All of them. Okay, so until we fix that, there's no incentive for the participants in the charade to, to change. Yeah. And now you're, you're making the point for acceleration. Just like maybe we have a moral imperative to absolutely to usher in a Bitcoin standard as quickly as possible so we can defund all these subsidies. So the the number zero is a powerful number. You know, you're seeing this with Twitter now. You know, Twitter's hopefully made a turn with Elon. I mean, he seems to be a pro free speech guy. I, you know, everybody's human being and got their shortcomings, but he's. He seems very pro free speech, as pro as you can get. Um, that's got to have the Googles and the AWSs and the. It's got to have everybody else nervous, because it's it's no longer zero. There's there's one little bastion of hope over here for freedom of speech, public square. Same thing with with um, rewarding rewarding regenerative agriculture. You know, the white oak pastures, the poly faces, the Joyce farms out of North Carolina's per- perennial pastures on the West. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. They're, they're, they account for one half of 1% of the overall market, right? But they're there. It's, it's not zero. And so finding more and creating more of those food sheds is, is absolutely very possible. Yeah. Um, and taking charge of the incentive structure again this is where i think bitcoin can lead this community can lead uh, but uh, then the black pill side of me is like but the government needed to fund them as quickly as possible as quickly as possible they hate us well you know everything they declare war on gets worse we're on drugs we're on poverty we're on COVID. obesity you know yeah. just move just what was it? Wasn't it just move? Was that a? It was. A I think. I think that was Michelle Obama's. Michael. Think, Michael I, Obama's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was her big thing. Was just move. You know, it doesn't matter. You just gotta exercise more. Yeah. Eat this garbage and exercise more. Take these drugs. Tomato sauce, pizza sauce is a vegetable. Absolutely. And if you put a little extra sugar in it, it's called ketchup. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I get the black pill moments too. You have to be optimistic, I think. My, my darkest black pill is looking around. I call this the Volvo theory. I used to drive a Volvo. Loved it. But unless I was driving that Volvo, I didn't see another Volvo on the road. You know, if you're driving a Ford, you see all the Fords. So I've been driving this health, regenerative farming car for a while. And I look around and I see the obesity rates in our kids. And I don't see that 
I don't see that going the other way right now. I mean, I'd see it with my kids, you know, eat, don't eat this, eat this. But you look at uh, when you throw roughly 30 to 40% of kids under 18 are either pre-diabetic or diabetic, certainly obese. Um, you throw that on top of how many of them got this mRNA experiment shoved in them, and you throw that about 10 more years down the road, you kick that can about 10 more years down the road, and I'm not not real optimistic about that generation. Um, and then the flip side of that is that generation's also going to be able to look back in 10 years and go, look at all the lies I was told. Yeah. Well, that's compounding too. I think of my generation, 9-11, 08, WikiLeaks, Snowden. Like I turned around at 18, just freshly graduated high school. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Went to college with a know your enemy mindset, particularly focused on economics and money because it was fresh after the 08 crisis. 08, yeah. That's how I got into Bitcoin. Yeah, it feels like... It is accelerating. I do think, I do have hope that the last three years, particularly silver lining is it has woken people up has really, it was jarring. Um, I do think we are reaching maybe not a tipping point, but a critical mass of people who know what's going on, who are awake, who are going to go shake the rancher's hand, adopt Bitcoin, engage in preventative healthcare, stay away from the shitty food. Um, really beat the drum. Energy is another thing. We haven't even touched on energy. Like, in Germany, shut. I, I read an article that they're shutting down. I I don't know what's her hyperbole anymore and just click baby. But I they shut down their last three nuclear power plants. Good for them. That's uh. And now they have to, now they have the worst emissions. Now they're profile. polluting more and charging more and yeah. But that's the thing. The psyops are so good. Whether it be in Germany. You have the Green Party like beating the drum, like we're good, we're good, we're good. Highest emissions profile in all of Europe now. They're importing nuclear from France too. Completely uh, humiliating to the German people. We just shut this down that we had here domestically. Now we're importing it from France and turning on our coal plants. And then here you have Elizabeth Warren, particularly in Texas, pointing at that New York Times article like Bitcoin miners are raising energy prices. It's like, oh, well, maybe electricity prices. Maybe it was a... Uh, all the money printing. Uh, you think? Yeah. The projection is strong these days. Like, uh, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that makes me optimistic. Like we're better memers. Our generation is better at humiliating these people publicly, pointing out their hypocrisy. That's been the most fun part about Twitter. It's, and this is why I, I love that platform. Now I'll go follow like a, an Elizabeth Warren or a, white house they'll post something and for the first time like actually reading the comments it's hilarious and the, and the dissenting uh attitude is hilarious yeah i want to be careful my words now but it does have a very french revolution vibe where the the peasant class if you will is very vocally angry at the the class in power not i'm not advocating for guillotines or violence or anything like that just making an observation that again going back to memeatines 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 yeah, yeah. We're gonna off, meme, off with their memes we're gonna meme you to death yeah 
that was uh, during the COVID when mass psychosis, mass formation became a big part of the public discussion. There was that YouTube series that really dove into it and it went viral. And like the end series, like how do you get out of this mass formation, mass psychosis, which was probably at an all time high during the COVID lockdowns, but it was building over decades with sure. our cognitive dissonance with food, energy, money. Um, the solution to it is literally ridiculing these people. As people react to humor, uh, it's a bit of a disarming approach. It's not very vitriolic. Sometimes it can be, but you're not yelling at people. You're simply using meme warfare to highlight the hypocrisy of it all. Well, the, the court jester was arguably the most powerful person in the kingdom. Right. And we have a distributed uh, army of court jesters. Uh, I, yeah, that are... It, both in digital and and uh man i was trying to book uh i guess rogan just opened his mothership comedy mothership yeah. place here and of course it's just booked out because i'm going to be in town for obviously a little bit booked out solid so i'll have to come back but yeah i mean we've got this digital space uh it, it's again this is why i'm optimistic with twitter is you've got this it's no longer zero yeah. There's there's a a platform, um, a a public square platform. You know, I know there's private groups and you know the signals and the, there's all these little, but public facing platform where the memification of the absurdity of the last two or three years can be put on full display. It's been going on lots longer. I mean, again, back to this whole cardiovascular disease. Like, this goes back to the 50s. And you can go read about the sugar lobby, and you can go read about how how it came to be that we demonized saturated fat. And <laughs> no, That was one of the funniest things during COVID were the memes that popped up. Like the Wojaks, the fat Wojaks with like chips and sodas around them wearing a mask. Like, put your mask on, please. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Not not one mention of, you know, vitamin D or exercise or, you know. Oh, and, you know, we shut down all the parks. We yeah. shut down all the gyms. We, we put sand in all the skateboard parks. Oh, you're paddle surfing by yourself 100 yards off the coast. We're going to send some boats after you. I, I remember that. Yeah. That's. We went insane. Well, they were already insane and tried to bring us along with them. And, you know, the impact of that three years on our kids, on the adults, we still don't know. No. I mean, drug use is up. Prescription drug use is up. Illegal I mean, drug use is up. My alcoholism. Son, my son was born February 2020. Um, he had a speech delay. He had some catching up to do because he wasn't socialized as well as he should have been the first couple of years of his life. Um, Marty, wearing a mask doesn't impact a, <laughs> a young child's development. It's really evil. You think about like the necessity for children of that age, that young, to acquiesce to facial cues and reading lips to develop speech. It's, it's demonic. It, it's beyond demonic. And the fun, you know, it's like, it's like, not to bring it back to Pharaoh, but you know, people like, you want me to put what on my face? And I'm like, we've come so far. We've come so far that me telling you lard on your face is weird when 100% of all the people that lived in this country 
125 years ago knew exactly what lard was and probably rubbing it on themselves each and every day. We've gotten to a place where the cognitive dissonance is that seems so unnatural. And you can also lump in that, yes, putting a mask on the face of a young human that learns to recognize speech by watching lips move has no impact on their cognitive development. We can say that with a straight face. You're fucking kidding me. Yeah. Six feet. Stay six feet away from each other. Natural immunity doesn't uh, work. No. Preventative care is not going to save you. Ah, oh, God. Now I'm getting angry. These people are truly fucking evil. Um, but we will, we will win. We're going to win. Um, luckily, there's people like you out there fighting the good fight. And again, I think that's the message I want to get across during this discussion is we need to support each other. Bitcoiners supporting ranchers. Bitcoiners supporting energy producers. Bitcoiners supporting the meme army. Oh, the meme army, yes. That's, think, where, that's where the battle's waged, man. I think Bitcoiners may be the best memers in the world. They are very good. Did you see the riot uh, video of Pierre? Uh-uh, haven't seen it. Uh, so the New York Times article came out last week. It was a complete hit job on Bitcoin mining in the state of Texas. I was mentioning earlier, Senator Warren was referencing it to say that it's... Pocahontas? Yeah, Pocahontas. She's Native American, guys. Um, she was using it to to highlight that Bitcoin mining is increasing electricity prices, again, neglecting the fact that we've subsidized unreliable energy and printed a shit ton of money um, throughout this country. Uh, they, The cover photo of the online article was manipulated to make it seem foggier than it actually was. Oh, yeah smoggier than it actually was. Uh, and then they cited like a missions profile. And Pierre from Riot had a research there. Incredible memer, incredible Bitcoiner with some of the most evergreen content written over a decade ago now at this point. It was still true to this day. Uh, just created like a three minute video. Like with the, he had a, a carbon uh, parts per million monitor. Oh. He was going around like outside. He was like here, a lot of plant life producing oxygen, taking in carbon. Here's the baseline, 455 parts per million. We're in the green. They went into the mining facility, held it up where they're doing their immersion cooling and actually went down to like 440-something parts per million. Then he went into the air-cooled units. It was like 450. And it was basically, hey, there's no carbon emissions here. If anything, we're reducing carbon emissions. There's less carbon in the mine than there is actually outside. And people freaked out. (laughs) It's like, that's not actually it. And this is this is... The point I'm trying to make up, this is like smart war meme warfare here, which is like Bitcoin miners for years have been trying to say like Bitcoin mining doesn't have emissions. Like the where the electricity is generated is where the emissions exist. Like Bitcoin miners are simply buying electricity. If you're really worried about emissions, go to the source of production. And people thought he was being dead serious, but it was like satirical and a troll that forced the carbon hysterics to admit that the emissions are at the source of generation. So it's literally oh, yeah. pushing yeah. the conversation to where it needs to go. It's like, all right, now we can have like an honest conversation, not Bitcoin miners is the energy generation producing the emissions. Like, let's have a conversation about that. Like, like are you, are you mad that we're using fossil fuels or wind or solar? And the whole thing highlighted that these people really don't care about Bitcoin's emissions profile. They care that they can't control Bitcoin. Power. Yeah. It's all they care about power yeah don't give it to them 
these people don't deserve it. it they're like I said, I, th- I think uh, I think it's very telling what they're doing to the former president right now with this whole indictment thing. Um, I, I want to see that go all. I want to see go to its end. I want to see that process play out because they're creating opportunities for the spotlight to shine on them. But I again, I, I think I think your audience we can we can worry less about that level and bring it back more locally start with your state rep start yeah. with your start with your local da make sure soros isn't behind him or her good point good point there it's destroyed san francisco it's destroyed chicago portland's done austin <sighs> philadelphia new york new york that's i mean the fact that it was even indicted for something that shouldn't have been a felony from what i understand it should have been a civil case or something like that but Wild world. Wild world. So check your insulin sensitivity, folks. Um, you can get a pretty standard blood panel. That would be one of my recommendations. Because, you know, your health is your wealth. You know, again, yeah. back to what's Bitcoin worth if you're sick? What's Bitcoin worth without topsoil? All the things. So uh, I, would, I would definitely check your insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance. It's a big marker. Um, yeah, well, that's the other thing we talk about opting out by adopting Bitcoin, transacting in Bitcoin, saving in Bitcoin, opt out of the healthcare madness by just taking care of your health where yep. you're forced into the machine that is trying to inject you with all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, what, uh, we're talking about blood panels that are maybe a couple hundred bucks if, if not included in your normal, you know, annual physical um, I paid $110 for my cardiac coronary survey. So, you know, what's a couple hundred bucks to determine that you're at effectively zero risk, or if you've got a problem addressing it, obviously that's important. I mean, your health is everything. Yeah. That's another benefit of crowd health too. They'll mm-hmm. get, they'll get those test prices even lower. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I love, I love their platform. Um, you know, again, I, I'm thinking like down the road, like marrying that philosophy with, again, this smarter approach to preventive healthcare. Um, there's, there's less incentive in the fully insured market, you know, that's again, bought and sold and owned by the the blues humanas united's and the pharmaceutical companies doing business with them so over here in this self-insured world you know at a municipality level at a at a small to medium-sized employer you know two three four hundred lives that would be interesting as hell we'll have to talk offline about what's that well it's just taking this crowd health model to a Yeah, well, they're beginning to go to businesses, and um, I believe Unchained is implemented. You have the you have the choice: do you want to get traditional healthcare or opt in to the crowd health model? Yep, but that but this is what I'm saying. There's another hybrid in there somewhere. Yeah, you should talk to Andy when we're out here. I, no, I will. I'm very optimistic, Marty. Right. I was not optimistic when we sat down, and I feel better now having talked to you. 
I'm happy. I'm happy that you can come here. You got a big weekend coming up. Oh my god! This is this is the biggest weekend of our of our little company's existence so far. You know, big 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 weekend. Grateful to uh, be in Austin. I love it here. Driving in from Houston, I forgot that like most of the speed limits are 75 miles an hour. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And uh, the food's great here. People are great. I, I I think Austin is still a pretty awesome town, even though. I, did, I mean, having lived in Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, people try to say that Austin's some liberal shithole, but uh, it is uh, a walk in the park compared Relative. to those cities. Yes. I, I went for a run this morning not fearing for my life. Yeah. And I'm a fairly observant person, and at no point on my run did I fear for my life. Yeah. That's good. I don't think that would be the case in Portland, Seattle, San Fran, New York. San Fran especially. Um, Yeah, and as a as a happy Pharaoh customer and user, (laughs) I think I mean I think you guys are gonna have wild success. Again, I've been. It's great too when you travel. You bring in your travel bag. Somebody comes into your hotel room. They see. I put it right in the sink. Um, Like, what's that? Like, you should try it. Everybody's tried it. It's been like, oh, this actually works. My wife, I was telling you before I came in, it was actually hilarious. Last night I'm sitting on my couch, I get a text from my brother. He's like, what is that uh, That lard skincare company? I was like, oh, <laughs> yep. Pharaoh.life. Funnily enough, I'm sitting down with Charles tomorrow morning. One handshake at a time, man. This little company's going to grow. Just like just like the beef initiative, just like Bitcoin, you know, it's just one Really like the Bitcoin ethos of low time preference. That builds like a stronger company over time too. You're not like raising a bunch of money, blowing it, and trying to get above your skis. Yeah, we're we're uh, well. I mean, candidly, we're we're sort of getting our customer acquisition costs. You know, getting our it's sort of early, so it's hyper growth. But you know, you want to try to get to a place where you can predictably say, okay, here's how much of every dollar that comes in the door we can and will devote to SEO optimization or marketing or whatever. You know, it's still still early, but uh, you know we we've entertained the idea of doing a raise at some point to really really blow it out. Um, I'm I'm not real long on I'm not long on taking money and handing it to the Facebooks and Instagrams and YouTubes of the world to get optimized on their platforms. Yeah. Um, I'd rather, you know, and again, incredibly grateful. I'd rather come on and talk to you and talk to your audience about farming and things like that and mention our company. And, you know, I just, I'd rather take that approach, slow, organic growth. And I, I, but yeah, we might, we might do a raise at some point. It would be to strategically put us in. Maybe some new markets. Oh, Who yeah. knows? Who knows? You just got to get the women. Just got to get the la- ladies loving lard, man. Ladies loving lard. You're putting chemicals on your skin that are destroying your microbiome, biome, ladies. It's time to, to actually build that up. I will say, and I'll stand by this till the day I die, we we have a marketing problem, obviously, but the shit works. And, and I do think a lot of, especially women, when it comes to skincare will they're sticky it's a sticky customer base yeah i I think once you deliver results 
they don't really care about what's in the package. Yeah. But, uh, but it's the most natural thing ever, man. It's my skin's looking a lot healthier. You, than you are svelte, my friend. Oh, thank you, sir. You are a glowing God of goodness. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll take that one. Let's end on that. Or let's end on the glowing God of goodness. I, we should. All right. What, uh, where should we send everybody? Uh, you can go to the website, Pharaoh, F-A-R-R-O-W dot life is our, is our website. Uh, check us out there. Um, look into the work of the beef initiative, look into the work of, uh, of some of these other, you know, white oak pastures, polyfaces of the world, uh, eat dot wild. I think that's, or eat wild.com. Uh, if you're looking to connect with your local food suppliers, it's another great place, Marty, to send your listeners. Um, and then, you know, get your get your insulin sensitivity figured out. Yeah. There you go. Get off your ass. They're trying to they're trying to inject all of our, our food with mRNA. Stay awesome. Yeah. Peace and love freaks.